Praise the Lord. Looking forward. Who's looking forward? We always look forward. We're a people that have eyes in the front of our head for a purpose, not in the back. Amen? God designed us so that we always are able to look forward and to see where we are going. And this morning, as we uh, um, just look at um, the year that's ahead, you know, it's, it's a great chance, a great opportunity to speak about the things that are that are ahead, especially, you know, as you close a chapter on 2017 and open up the new, the new book on um, 2018, you know, it's sort of like this picture that it, the whole book is filled with invisible ink because God knows the plans and purposes that are, that are coming for this year, but we can't actually just see it quite yet, can we? And how do you, how do you read invisible ink? Come on, you spies. Those that have been watching James Bond's movie and um, all those, Cody Banks. Come on, you use ultraviolet light, don't you? Or something similar. Is that right? Am I right in saying that? Cool. All right. And so there's a light that's shone onto that invisible ink that exposes what's written there. And obviously the light of the Holy Spirit exposes what is written in our hearts and plans for this year. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit is a part of the process. And I'm really praying this, this morning that you have the light of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Otherwise, what happens is that, you know, it's just a boring old walk. It's just something that we just, you know, uh, people say that we are in the rut. Who's ever heard of that expression? Being caught, who's ever been caught in a rut? Yeah, I have. It's a horrible place to be. You know what a rut is? It's a grave with no ends. Think about that one for a while. And so it's really exciting. And as we roll into the new year, that we have endless possibilities. We have great opportunities. And, and for me, it's an awesome time of the year because I, I often stop and think and contemplate of the year that's gone past. And I look forward to the year that's ahead. Who does that? Who takes time... Um, you know, in, in the public holidays and in, in the times of rest throughout, um, you know, Christmas, New Year, to actually stop and reflect. Because, you know, it's often good to reflect. It's good to see where you have been in order to know how to move forward. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. You know, in a spiritual sense, the Old Testament shows us a picture of this with the Israelite nation. Okay. If we look uh, in the Old Testament, we see that there's a, a, a celebration, a time of festival every year around September, October in the Jewish calendar called the Day of Atonement. Okay, And before the Day of Atonement, there was 10 days called the Days of Awe. And in those Days of Awe, they took time to reflect. They took time to contemplate their life, where, they, where they'd been, the things that had happened in their life. And then they came to the Day of Atonement and they came to the priest, in a sense, and they laid it all upon two goats. Everything that they'd seen in their life that they reflected upon that didn't go quite right in their life for the past 12 months, things that they, they regretted, things that, um, you know, sin, in a sense, the things that they'd done wrong, they, they placed all this upon the two goats, which is where we get the, the term scapegoat from. Okay, and one was slaughtered, 
and the other one was let go. We're not going to talk so much about that, but I just want to uh, introduce that idea because it was a time of refreshment. It was a time where they cut the past and moved forward into the future. And the new year does that, doesn't it? It gives us a, a, a time frame where we can cut the past and move forward into the future. And so this morning, I look forward to this new year. I look forward in great anticipation. I look back and give thanks. I look back and I reflect on the good things. I look back and see where I fell short and I come to the Lord and ask for forgiveness in that. Okay. But then I look forward as I let that go and move forward into what God's got for me. Who's ready to do that this morning? Come on. Yeah? Some of you. All right. The rest of you can just watch. No? Come on. This is, this is our, what do you call audience participation. We've got to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us in this. And look, sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes those regrets tend to hold onto us and play over and over and over in our mind. You know, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. All those sort of things play over in our mind. But there is a time to cut that off and let it go. If we're going to move ahead, we either move ahead in freedom or we, or we struggle ahead like, who's ever had a child hang on to their leg? Yeah? How hard is it to walk? Come on, dads. You know that, all right? It's time to let it go, time to cut it off. And this morning we're going to do that. Hallelujah. All right. And especially if 2017 wasn't such a good year for you, then let me share over your life that 2018 is going to be a better year for you. Amen. And if 2017 was a good year for you, let me share over you that 2018 is going to be a great year for you. Amen. Come on, let's receive that in the name of Jesus. All right. Why should we expect something any less? Every good and perfect thing comes from heaven above, from a loving God. We should expect the goodness of God to be present in our life and flowing through our life and affecting everything that is about us and what we are doing. You can tell I'm pumped, eh? All right, this is about as excited as I get. My little white boy moves up here. All right. Come on. This is good. This is good. Why? Because there is something that lies ahead for us as individuals, for our families, for this church. 2018 is going to be it. Eh? I can feel it in my bones that this is a great year to be alive in. So as followers of Jesus Christ, especially... We need to look forward in expectation, not dwelling on the past, but laying hold of what is for us in the future. And you know what? In serving God, in whatever capacity we're called to do that in, there's actually a challenge for us that we cannot make the past an excuse. We cannot let what happened in the past determine what's going to play out in our future. The failings of the past, if there were failings, need to stay there. We need to learn from them. We need to glean what lessons we can learn from them. But then we use, use them to help propel us forward. And in serving God, Jesus actually says this. He says, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is what? Fit for service in the kingdom of God. See, if you're continually looking back, if you're continually allowing the past to determine your future, if you're continually allowing regrets and, and, and you know, negative 
uh, things of the past haunt you, then you're not fit. You're not fit. Come on, that, that's a challenge, isn't it? It's like saying, Matt, you haven't got a spot on the team. You're, you're on the sidelines. And so we've got to determine in our heart that we're going to let those things go and move forward. We're going to put our hand on the plough and keep moving forward. Yes, you can reflect and learn from the past, but the past should never be an anchor that stops you from moving forward. It must be a springboard that propels you into the future. The sad thing is that many people have expectations on their future based on the experiences of their past. But Jesus is quite blunt here. If you're going to move forward, if you're going to move forward in the things of God, if you're going to serve God with everything that you've got, you've got to stop looking back. You've got to stop looking back. Nate, come up here. Yeah, yeah, come on. I just want to show you something. Stand here. No, nope. and look back there. I want you to keep your eye on that little heart there, all right? Okay. Now I want you to walk backwards to me. Hey! Disaster. Disaster. See? It's all right. She's a tough lady. That's all right, mate. You've done good. You've done exactly what I wanted you to do. Not hurt the child, but... See, what was, what was uh, Nathan's issue? He was looking back while trying to move forward. Okay? He was looking back trying to get somewhere. All right? And that, while that might seem like a simplistic uh, example... It actually shows us how many people live in their life. They're moving forward, trying to look back. You know, there's a reason why your rearview mirror is only that big and your windscreen's that big. Come on. All right. Paul says it like this in Philippians 3, in verse 7. He speaks about his past, where he came from, what he'd done. If you read through Philippians 3, the first few verses who he was, what he experienced. And then in verse 7, he says this, But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by what? Faith. In moving forward, we move forward in faith, don't we? We don't always see the clear picture. But if we are followers of Jesus Christ with faith in our heart and the Holy Spirit as our shining light, then we can move forward in confidence. Paul's on a rant here. He speaks on things that are a, par a part of his past. But he concludes that it all comes to nothing. They're actually filthy rags. They're rubbish in his sight because now he has Christ and now he looks forward to everything that God has for him in faith. You see, he goes on in verse 12 and he says this, 
Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. Who knows that? Okay, we're not perfect and we haven't got everything yet. But I press on. I take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold for me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to be, have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. One thing I do. Get this in your heart. If this is the one thing you do, do this. Press on. Forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind, I press on. I move forward. I look ahead in faith. You see, there's nothing about faith in the past. It's concluded. It's finished. There's nothing about faith in the past. Yes, we can share testimony of faith. That's fine. But it doesn't take faith to live in the past. Did you realize that? It only takes faith to live in the future. And so we need to understand, just as Paul did, you can go on and on and on about where you came from, whether it's good, bad or ugly. You can, uh, you know, you can boast about your achievements or, your, uh, or regret the, the non-achievements. But Paul says, forgetting what is behind, I move forward. I press on. Pressing on has that sense of perseverance. It's not always smooth sailing, is it? But we press on. So the three things I want to touch on this morning. And they all start with the letter L. Okay? It's leave, love, look. Write them down. Leave, love, look. Can you say it with me? Leave, love, look. Leave who you were. Yeah, the Bible often talks about the burden of sin. Talks about the dead man. Talks about crucifying the flesh. These are examples of leaving things that were. It talks about things of the past that are in the past, okay, but moving forward in everything that God has for us. Romans 6 and 8, if you want to read that in your own time, talks about these things. How we identify with Jesus' what? Death, burial and resurrection. It talks about those things. Hebrews 12.1 says, Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. You see, the past... You ever heard the term, you know, people come with their baggage? Yeah, this is what this is talking about. Now, baggage isn't always bad. There's some good stuff in those, that baggage. But if you're going to run a race, you don't carry a suitcase with you, do you? No. You might carry a light backpack if you're doing a long-distance journey, a race. You, know, you might take a few small supplies with you. Like yesterday, as we were running around the hill at 5.30 in 44-degree heat, some people were taking little water bottles. Smart. But they didn't take the 44-gallon drum around with them. Why? 
because baggage weighs us down. Baggage stops us from moving forward with efficiency. You know, I'll tell you, I've, I've heard nearly every excuse there is in the sun, under the sun. When I've encouraged people to look forward over the years, when people have come to me and, and you know, I can see something of them, and because one of the things I love to do is to see the gold in people, to see the diamond. But, you know, it takes work to get gold and diamonds out of the ground. You know, it takes work to move forward. It takes effort, generally, to move forward. But I've heard all the excuses, be it educational, cultural, relational, physical, mental, emotional, financial. You get the picture. But your past, who you were, where you came from, what you have done or not done can either be a dead weight which anchors you so that you will not move or can be a catapult which launches you into the future. You all know what a catapult is, right? One of these things. Who's watched Lord of the Rings? Okay, yeah. They use them over the wall. We don't use them much these days, but I reckon they're pretty cool. Who would actually sit in one and, and slice the rope? <laughs> I think I would. Just once, maybe. I probably wouldn't get a second chance, but anyway. But what actually needs to happen for the catapult to work? Come on, it's not a trick question. You've got to cut the rope, don't you? See this thing here? That restrainer? See, whatever you're launching sits there. If you don't cut that rope, guess what? You just sit there looking like a dum-dum. Don't you? You're not going anywhere. But guess what? It's safe there. It's comfortable there. And in our lives, a lot of people are just sitting on the launch pad because it's safe. It's comfortable. It mightn't be what you exactly want, but you know what it's all about. And so you stay there. Why? Because you're not sure what's on the other side of the wall. You see, when you cut that rope, guess what happens? You are somewhat out of control. You're just all arms and legs. Could you imagine? <laughs> you don't know. And see, life can be like that. You think to yourself, well, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen if I take that leap of faith. I'm not quite sure if I follow this path where that's going to lead me. So I'm just going to stay here because I know what it's like. It's safe. It's not ideal, but it's safe. And guess what? You're not going to achieve anything in life, let alone do anything great in the kingdom of God. And the longer we do it, the harder it gets to slice the rope. You know the best thing to do when you get to the edge of the pool? Jump straight in. Because if you stay there and stick your little toe in, or you stay there and you think about it, guess what? It doesn't look as attractive. You start to think of why I won't jump in. The water's too cold. All these sort of things. I'm saying to you this morning, my friends, jump right in. 
It's safer to dwell on what might be than to take a leap of faith and jump into it. It's safer to sit on the launch pad telling everyone about what you believe is on the other side of the wall rather than cutting the rope and going to the other side and then coming back and telling them what's there. But you know this, a mighty ship was not built to stay in the harbour. Who's heard that? A ship is not built to stay in the harbour. It is built for the oceans, to go places, to face the wild weather, to enjoy the stormy seas. But ultimately, through all that, there is the discovery of new lands. Yes, new lands. You see, you will never fully express who you are until you step forward into the unknown territory of what might be. Not based on who you were, but who God is determining you to be. See, by faith, perseverance and trust in God, you will ultimately discover who you really are. Stop determining where you're going by where you have been. Cut the rope, my friends, set sail out of the harbour. But Romans 6.6 6 says this, For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be called slaves to sin. Leave who you were. Again, in Romans, Paul says this, Now I see this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who's ever felt like that? Yeah. Yeah. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can hold on to these things as we're moving forward. We can always feel that our past is nipping at our ankles, but we keep moving forward. We can always feel that the body of death is trying to uh, restrain us, but we need to move forward. We need to leave who we were. The second thing is love who you are. Oh, look at that. I'll put up the third thing too. But anyway. Love who you are. Can you love yourself? Yes. Love yourself. You know, growing up, I know in our family, we used to stir each other by saying, Ah, oh, you love yourself. <laughs> You remember that, sis? Yeah. But we're called to love ourselves. Love who we are. Don't compare yourself to others. Oh, they've got a nicer face. Or they've got lovely hair. Or they're this and they're that. I wish I had that. No. Love who you are. Because guess what? You are who you are by the grace of God. You are who you are because that's how God created you in the darkness of your mother's womb. Wonderfully created, each piece of us, in our mother's womb. You are not a freak of nature. Turn the, to the person next to you and tell them that. Come on and say it with sincerity, all right? You are not a freak of nature. You're not some evolved animal from a scum pond. 
Come on, you were created in the image of God. You've got to love that. You have unique abilities, talents, gifts. Every one of your 37 trillion cells cry out to the Creator who put you together. That you and you alone can only be you. So stop trying to be other people. Love who you are. Love who God has made you to be. And if you've got to fix some things, we'll fix them. Stop tripping over them. Oftentimes the biggest obstacle in moving forward is not your circumstances. It's not your abilities or lack thereof. It is not who you're related to and it's not you, what you know. The biggest obstacle is what you think about the person you look at in the mirror each morning. If you don't like yourself, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus died for you and made, you, made a way for you to be all that you are created to be. Come on, guys. You are a created masterpiece. How about we start saying that to the person in the mirror? Look at yourself in the mirror and all, with all seriousness if you can. Say, man, you are a created masterpiece. It mightn't look like way in the first thing in the morning, but you've got to speak in faith sometimes, amen? You've got to speak in faith. You are adored and loved by your heavenly Father. Now, there may be things that you, don't, that you do that you don't like. There may be things that you do that you know are not in, in accordance with what God has for you. But that's a good thing that you know. So deal with it. Deal with it and move on. But let me say this. What you do does not determine who you are. It is who you are that determines what you do. And if you are going to get to a place of loving who you are, you will find this will affect everything that you do. See, if you don't love yourself, how can you expect anything good to come from what you do? We've got to love who we are. With all our warts, all our wrinkles, all our shortcomings, whatever obstacle stands before you, we are victorious over them in the name of Jesus and in the blood of Jesus. There is victory in the blood of Jesus for any obstacle that stands in your way. Come on, guys. The Bible isn't just a bunch of fancy words and sayings. It is reality in our life. This is where these things come to play in our life. Remember, transformation comes from where? Renewing the mind. And remember this. Revelation comes to the heart, but the revolution starts here. A revelation drops into your heart, but the revolution starts here with your thinking. And the two have to align. Because you can have the greatest revelations, but if you're never going to act on it, if you're never going to allow it to affect the way you think and do life, then it's simply just a fanciful idea. And you can have all the dreams about change in the world, but unless you wait for that revelation of God to sink into your heart, then you'll end up just being a dictator. 
the two need to meet. The revelation of God and the willingness to do it. Coming together. Love who you are, my friends. Love who you are. The third thing is what we see up there. Look forward to who you are becoming. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Life is an adventure, amen. And adventures begin with great expectation. Whoever expects to go on a holiday and think, oh, this is going to be the worst three weeks of my life. (laughs) Come on, no, stay home. No, journeys, adventures. We need to have great expectation. We need to walk with high hope. And there will be times when we need to persevere with determination. There will be times when, you know, we should just keep on swimming just keep on swimming because you know what some of the greatest regrets our elderly have is not taking the risks in their life is not walking through the doors of opportunities when they presented to themselves why because the launch pad was a safe place I've been there, guys. Some of the regrets I've had in my life have been from inaction rather than action. Look forward to who you are becoming. Persevere with determination. Our walk with Christ is such an adventure. Who would agree with that? Come on, this is a great place to be. I wouldn't be doing anything else. I've thought about it, but then I thought... What? What else is there to do? This is the best adventure one could ever have. Our destination is heaven. The pathways are the lands and waters of this earth. Our companions are our family, our friends, our colleagues, our fellow Christians. Our purpose is to bring as many along the journey as possible. This is who we are. And as we move into 2018, let me encourage you with this scripture where is it there it is isaiah 43 18 forget the former things do not dwell on the past see i am doing a new thing now it springs up do you not perceive it i am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland In looking forward, we can look forward, not to the same old ho-hum, but to great adventure. 2018 is a great year. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, We are new creations. The old has gone, the new has come. Learn to love it, guys. Learn to love it. Learn to love who you are. Learn to love this adventure. Learn to love the things that are ahead and stop using the past as your excuse. Whatever your past was, it was. Learn from it, move on. Cut the rope. On this journey, if we slip up, if we do something that, um, you know, we sort of regress back into our old ways, that doesn't negate the truth of this scripture that we are new creations. It's a done deal. 
based on the reality of Jesus Christ's work on the cross and in his resurrection. It's based on the exchange that occurred because of his death and resurrection when we said yes in faith to our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And herein lies the adventures with its ups and downs, its triumphs and turmoil, the good, the bad and the ugly. God is doing and continues to do a new thing every day in our life. Come on, guys. What is God got in store for you tomorrow? It is something good. What has God got in store for you next week? I don't know, but it's going to be good. What's God got in store for us this year? I've got a few ideas, but God's able to do more and abundantly more, excessively more than all I can ever imagine or dream of. Who's looking forward to a 2018 that is going to be awesome? Come on, let me see your hands. If you're not sure, just raise your hand in faith. Come on. You can sit there long-nosed and... No. Wide mouth. I think I'm done. I think I'm done. I'm going to call Jamie back up. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father in heaven, you made us to be who we are out of your wisdom. Lord, with a plan and purpose in mind. You made us to be everything in accordance with the plans of heaven to be fulfilled here on this earth. So Lord, this morning as we look at the first Sunday of this year, we're able to look forward to 2018 with great anticipation. We're able to look forward with great excitement knowing that you are in control of our every step because your word says the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. So Lord, thank you for this time. I pray, Holy Spirit, take what has been said this morning and just cement it into our hearts. Cement it into our spirits, Lord, that we can hold on to it and that we can cut that rope and go launching off, Lord, into new things. So, Father, thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.